All right. Well, hey, good morning, family. How are we doing? Good, good. Hey, those of you joining us online, thank you so much for being here. Uh, before we dive in, would you just put your hands together and thank the worship team for leading us in worship this morning? It was so good. So thank you, worship team, for, for leading us. That was, that was incredible. Um, something you need to know about me, I love, I love worship. I really do. I love all the things that go along with worship. Uh, but I don't consider myself to be a great worshiper. Uh, so let me explain. Um, I, I like when everyone is together and the music is loud and it just sounds full in the room and you look around and everyone is singing these praises. They're, they're proclaiming the goodness of Jesus. Um, they're speaking truth. And, and, and I love the loud music. And then I love like a really soft, tender moment where it's just reflective and maybe someone's playing something on the keys or it's just the acoustic guitar. I, I love it all. And in fact, uh, over the last 10 years of my life, I have actually had the privilege of um, being a part of worship teams. And so I would drum and I'd sit in the back. And I'm telling you, best seat in the house. Best seat in the house because you're looking out and you see people. And they're not just singing, right? They're, there's something transformative that's happening. They're, they're, they're glorifying God because, because they've seen the change that Jesus has made in their life. And you can see, and sometimes there's tears streaming down their faces. Other times there's hands that are up in the air. And then other times you can just see the wheels are just turning and they're contemplating and they're just thinking through and they're reflecting on their life. And I love it. I love all of it. I think it's such a beautiful thing. The reason I don't think I'm a great worshiper is because I'm partially tone deaf. I kid you not, uh, Becky could hit a key on the piano and then I could walk over and try to find that note, couldn't find it. I've done it. I'm partially tone deaf. I can't figure it out, which is why I drum because you don't need to know. <laughs> so I'm partially tone deaf and I don't really know what to do with my hands when we worship, right? There are some people that do this. They walk in, hands in the pocket. Some people are, you know, cross the arms of this person and you get one hand up and one hand in the pocket. Sometimes we have two arm people and I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my hands. When I'm up here on stage, I talk with my hands constantly. But when I'm sitting in the chairs and I'm worshiping, I don't know what to do with them. So I tend to do this because I don't know what to do, but I see other people and they're, they're at this new, I, I don't know. They're at a, just a different, I don't want to say level, but they're, they're worshiping differently than, than what I am doing. And there's a part of me that desires that. And if I can be completely honest, cause we're all friends, right? Um, sometimes I'm just not feeling it. Like I, I go through the whole worship set and I, I don't feel it. Um, other weeks I can show up and it, it maybe takes me a song or two before I, before I can feel it. Sometimes there's worship songs where I, I like them and then it gets to the second verse and there's a line in there and I go, Ooh, I don't, I don't know if I can sing that. But then I see other people singing it and I go, maybe I should be singing that. And I, I don't know if that resonates with you, but uh, worship in church is an interesting f phenomenon because uh, if you've been church, if you follow Jesus for a, a long time, if you've been a part of a church family for a while, you understand uh, the culture that's involved in worship. But for a moment, would you just put on your first time visitor to church hat with me for a moment? Now, understand this. Uh, nowhere else really uh, in America do large groups of people come together and sing songs of truth. Uh, we will sing songs, but we'll, uh, maybe it's sporting events, or we'll go to uh, like the theater, or maybe it's show choir, 
But you understand, like, that's a significantly um, small size of the population. But what happens on Sunday mornings is Christians come together and they, they rally and they proclaim the truths of Jesus. And it's, it's so beautiful, but it is unique. And so if you show up to your, your first church service having not been prepped on what this whole idea of worship actually is, it could be a little bit confusing. For example, have you ever been to a church service and you've been sitting down and then one person stands up and then somebody else stands up and then you get a third and then sometimes like a row starts standing and other people start standing up. If you're new, you're like, am I supposed to stand up or do I stay seated? No one said anything. What do I do? There are lyrics that say, I will shout your name or shout your praises, but, but people aren't shouting. And if you're new, you're like, I will shout. Oh, we say shout, but we don't actually shout. There are parts in the song where you're supposed to lift your hands, but no one lifts their hands. Do you understand how like, it could be confusing? And so regardless of where you are on the worship spectrum of long life Christian, you've been to every worship service that ever was, and you have this thing on lockdown, or if you're new to church, regardless of where you are, and if you consider yourself a great worshiper or one that's kind of in their rookie season, we have to get one thing clear. To be a follower of Jesus Christ means to be a worshiper of Jesus Christ. You cannot follow Jesus without worshiping Jesus. It is necessary. It is essential. And so for the rest of our time today, we're going to talk about this idea of worship. And we have to figure out how to do this thing well, because it, it requires, it just requires that we do it well. It's what it means to follow Jesus. So if you have a Bible or if you're online or whatever, um, open up to the book of Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, and we'll get there. And while you're flipping there in your pages or you're Googling away, um, we are in fact in part three of a series called Essentials. And week one, we talked about the grace of God. It's essential that we understand what that is, what the grace of God is, how that works in our life, how we are saved by the grace of God, and that the grace of God empowers us to live the Christian life. We also have to understand that week two, it's about spiritual growth. Jesus will accept you and love you as you are, as you come to him, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. He wants you to grow because you'll have a better life. You'll have a peaceful life, a life full of love. Now, week three, we're going to spend it and go, in light of everything that Jesus has done, this is how we respond to him. And we respond to him in worship. And so, Romans chapter 12, if you've ever wondered what the first 11 chapters are all about, um, they're all about what Jesus has done for us. Paul takes 11 chapters in this book. It's where the church gets a lot of our doctrine, of our theology, of our understanding of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that means for us today. So it's very, it's very weighty. It's very heavy. It's a really good book. But he spends 11 chapters on it, and then he pivots. He says, in light of everything that Jesus has done, and this is what he's done, boom, 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 boom. Here's how I want you to respond. And in every single one of Paul's letters, he says, um, I, I don't want you to respond because you're trying to earn favor or get something from God, or because it's necessarily the right thing to do. He says, I want you to respond because of what Jesus has done for you. So in light of all of the last two weeks that we've talked about, and in light of the first 11 chapters in the book of Romans, we'll pick it up in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Are you there? You got your Bibles? Okay, all right, sweet. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, right, in light of everything that Jesus has done, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
See, when you would go and give a sacrifice, that thing would be dead. But he goes, no, 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 a living sacrifice, right? Jesus was the eternal sacrifice. He died and resurrected. He is living. I want you to do the same. Give your life, sacrifice it over to Jesus. But when you do this, you will be full of life. You will not be dead inside, contrary to the world or popular belief. You have more life when you follow Jesus. And it keeps going. He says, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. So number one in your notes, true and proper worship is a full body response. Because he did not say, I want you to sing a song. There's nothing wrong with that. Singing songs are beautiful. But he said, offer your bodies, the instrument that will carry out and fulfill your worship. Offer your bodies, your whole life, all that you are, offer that to Jesus. Because that is true. And that is proper worship. Now, somewhere along the lines in church history, uh, this became worship. I'll show you a graphic real quick. Uh, Worship was defined by music and singing, right? We have worship music. And then we have not worship music and we have singing. And this is what it meant to live a life of worship. And if we're not careful, we can say certain things like, oh, worship was so good today. And I always want to ask the question, like, well, when did it stop? Like it was so good. Like it's supposed to, it's supposed to keep going. It's not just the singing of the songs. You understand we open up the scriptures. We reflect on the things of God. We reflect on the scriptures. We are, we are worshiping God now. How we live our lives. We, this is worship. This is all worship. It's not only music and singing. And there's nothing wrong with it. And it's really, really good. And music will express things and feelings that I can't really put to words. But very creative people have put melodies behind this. And they've crafted these beautiful phrases that proclaim the truth of God. And it's a wonderful thing. But it's not the only thing. Worship was so good. Which on the flip side, you also want to ask the question like, well, was it bad? And what makes it bad? And I think, and again, we never say this, so I'm just going to talk it out loud because we would never have this conversation. I think when we mean, we would never say worship was bad, but we would say things along the line of, um, that's not my favorite song. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. The music was too loud. The keys were too soft. The lights were too bright. They weren't bright enough. Uh, I, you know, I'm glad that so-and-so is singing, but I really like it when that person sings. The worship set was too long. It was too short. I wish they were more upbeat and fast. I wish they were slower and more reflective. I wish there was more guitar and drums. I wish it was just the Lord's way and everyone just played a harp. <laughs> it's, it, it can't just be this. And Paul is saying, I want you to offer all of you, your whole body, in worship to Jesus. I, what happens, see the danger is this, and, and I'll camp on this and then we'll get off it for a second. The danger is this, in the sense that um, when we start pointing the finger or, or ascribing uh, worth to something, when we say my preference in worship is this, it has become about my preference and not the object of my worship. And can I just warn us friends, that is dangerous territory. Because when we ascribe value or worth to worship, we're saying that Jesus prefers this over that. And I could be dead wrong 
I don't think I am. But I could be dead wrong. I think when we get to heaven, there will be multiple worship venues. There will be the venues where it's just a harp or an acoustic guitar or keys or whatever the case. And there will be a full-on other venue that has the lights, the fog machines, the guitars, and just the crazy loud, just wah! And I think there's going to be everything in between. And I think Jesus is just going to sit back in his throne and accept all of it. I think he's just going to relish it. I think he's going to love it. I think it's going to be beautiful. But I don't think we're just going to do this when we're in heaven. I think we'll do more than only singing and only listening to music. I think we're going to worship with our minds, the things we think. I think we're going to say things, not just sing, but we're going to proclaim truth. And I think we're going to act in righteousness. I think we're going to act in love. Keep going. This is a fascinating, fascinating thing. So if, if, if we're going to think good thoughts, that means we have to have good things to think about. If we're going to say good things, that means we, we, we have to have good things to say. And if we're going to act, it means that we have to have good acts to do. So we need to change our mind and how we perceive the world a little bit, don't we? There's an idea that, um, well, let me just say it this way. Suppose you're talking to your spouse and and, and weekly you just tell them that you love them and you're so thankful for them and, and they've changed your life and they have. But then you have the rest of the week, you have Monday through Saturday and, um, the thoughts that you have towards your spouse are not good or loving or honoring or, or you act contrary to all the things that you said to your spouse. There's, there's an inconsistency in your worship. And I, I want to just challenge us, and I know I'm walking on eggshells here for a minute. I want to challenge us that if you have a view of worship where all you do is sing songs, you're missing a significant piece of the pie of what it means to worship Jesus. And if you never sing songs, you're missing a significant piece of the pie of what it means to worship Jesus. Are you with me? That was really good. If all you do is sing praises to Jesus Christ, you've missed out on a huge part of what it means to worship. And if you never sing songs to Jesus, you've missed out on a huge piece of what it means to worship Jesus. It's going to be all of this. It's as if it requires your full body to carry these things out. So how do we do that? Paul lets us know. Keep reading. He lets us know. Verse 2. He says, Uh, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Got it. That's what I got to do. Don't be like the world. I need to be like Jesus. I need to renew my mind. How do I do that? Great question. I'm glad you asked. Um, I'm going to give you three points. These these aren't the three points in your notes. These are bonus. These are extra. So uh, feel free to jot them down on the side. But the idea is this. If we're going to retrain our mind, we need to start by number one. We need to think good thoughts. We have to think differently. My dad taught this to me. So shout out to Pops. Thanks. Love you. Um, he said, you need to think thermal grip. And that was my response. Exactly. Huh? He said, you need to think thermal grip. I'll spell it for you. Um, T-H-R-P-L-G-R-E-P. T-H-R-P-L-G-R-E-P. Thermal grip. It just rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? 
It comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9, and it's in the NASB because that's what I was raised in, and that's how I remember it. I offer it to you as a little acronym to help us through, but let me read it for you. It says this, verse 8, finally, brethren, isn't that a good word? Brethren, should bring that back, and sisterin. Here's what, here's what he says. He says, finally, brethren and sisterin, whatever is true, that's the chi, the, the chi, that's the T in circle grip, whatever is honorable, that's the H. Whatever is right, that's the art. Do you see where I'm going with this? Thurple grip. Okay. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute. Just bring that back. If there's any excellence or, or I'm sorry, if there's any excellence and anything worthy of praise, what's that word? Dwell on these things. Think about these things. That's what we ought to focus on. Not social media, not the political stuff, not what we're streaming on TV, not what our neighbor is doing. Verse 9, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, this is Paul, he says, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Anyone else get freaked out when they start seeing news headlines? You feel like the world's going to end like in a minute? Well, if you start thinking about things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, um, he says the God of peace will be with you. Amen. We have to renew our minds. We have to think different thoughts. So let me walk you through this thurple grip thing because I promise you it's going to be valuable. You might not remember all of it, but you're going to leave today going thurple grip. I got to look that up. <laughs> but listen, listen, whatever is true, do you know what? There is truth. There is truth. Do you know what is true or who is true? Jesus is true. And his words are true. Whatever is honorable, um, sacrificial deeds are honorable. Anytime you've seen a movie, you've read a book, or you hear a story of the, the hero of the story, the main character, when they sacrifice their self, what is that? That's, that's honorable. All of society would go, that's, yeah, that's honorable. Things that are right, um, choosing to love is always right. Things that are pure, these are things that aren't, um, they're not tainted by sin. They're in their, their proper context. Uh, they, they haven't been perverted yet. Things that are pure. Things that are lovely. Um, I, I'm a nature guy. I love the mountains and I love the, the water. It doesn't, I just, I need a mountain or I need the ocean. Just somewhere in between. And it just, there's something amazing about creation. It's as if creation is worshiping as I'm amongst its presence and I join in with worship, with creation as they worship Jesus. It, there's something powerful of just reflecting and maybe it's just getting rid of the news feed and everything else in my phone but being in the mountains i feel like i can connect better or more easily with jesus same thing by by the water i should think about these things uh the next one is things that are of good repute this is like like what has a good reputation and i immediately go restaurants that serve amazing food that's of good repute steak Steak somebody. That's of good repute. We should be thinking about these things. Let's, let's all for a minute, let's just think about steak. It's so good. When they bring it out on like the hot plate, you know what I mean? It's got the, the burn marks in just the right places. The seasoning, it adds enough flavor, but it doesn't take away from the essence of the meat. Are you, steak somebody. We need to renew our minds by thinking of steak. What a beautiful thing. Things that are excellent, this could be art, music, uh, movies, it could food, right? Things that are praiseworthy, again, steak. Mm. 
Jesus fits every one of those letters, every single one of those categories. And if we want to renew our mind and not be, uh, not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed, it starts with what we think about. So friends, we need to think about good things, things that are of, of worth, of great value. The next thing we have to do is we have to say good words. We have to speak good words. Let me give you two verses real quick. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. For better or for worse, you have been here. I know you have because I've been here too. You have a conversation with somebody and they say something and it just resonates with your soul and you leave the conversation going, I needed to hear that. And it just gives life. We've also been on the receiving end of a uh, not life-giving word. That'll ruin your day. Some of us, we were told things when we were children, and now we're grown adults. And those things have still, they've still marked us. We need good things to say. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8 says this, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. For me, can I just be real personal for one second? I, I have uh, the spiritual um, love language of sarcasm. Uh, that has cost me a couple of relationships along the way. It says here, don't let any unwholesome talk. I used to joke and say, mama always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, make sure it's funny. Because <laughs> that's funny. Because you, you know as well as I do, if it's funny, you can get away with it. But you've also left conversations where people were joking and it marked you. And it didn't, it didn't benefit anyone who listened. We've, we've all been there. We, we need to have good things to say. And this is not just verbally saying it. This is also the things that we type on a keyboard or on a phone. You ever been on social media and someone posts something and you're like, oh, here we go. And you're just about to go to town on them. And you have that moment where you're like, I probably shouldn't do this, but you think it anyways. Good on you for having the self-control of not actually posting it. Also, be careful when you click the like button. It's, very, it's a political season, so uh, it, this can be very dangerous. When we see things online and we ascribe and we say, well, you must be for this and that means you're automatically against this and you must be this type of person and this, that, and the other and only an idiot would vote this way and I can't believe, did you hear what so-and-so said? And we just go to town and we just gossip, which that's a whole other sermon in and of, it, of itself. But we just go to town on these things and we think nothing of it because it's on the internet. It's on a screen. But we would never say these things to somebody's face. And by the way, for political figures, I just, I want to, you know, I want to come full circle here and just remind us that... Um, that Jesus loves them and they, they need a church and the gospel is big enough for them. And, and by definition, we are not allowed to have enemies. We are supposed to love our enemies. We're supposed to pray for our enemies. So um, we need to be very wise. See, conforming to the pattern of this world means whatever I see on YouTube, I just, I just light you up on my comments. You post something that I disagree with, I just write you off. And here's my educated response as to why. That's, that's the pattern of this world. You see this in the news. You see this in the media all the time. But, but, but Christ-like love. 
transforming says, I may think that thought, but I'm not going to say it. And by the grace of God, I will get to the point where I don't think that thought anymore. That's good news. That's what it means to worship Jesus. The last one is simply this, number three. You have to act in love. You got to act in love. You have to think these things. You have to say these things and you have to act in love. Uh, I'll give you one verse for the sake of time. It's James chapter one, verse 22. And it is my favorite verse of scripture. It says this, don't merely listen to the word. This is the word of God, the scriptures. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Worship is about follow through, not just speaking words. It's, it, it requires all of us. It requires our body to fully participate in this thing. Because that's going to lead us to peace. That's going to lead us to love. It's going to lead us to all the things that we are ultimately that we're searching for in this life that we want. And see, Satan's plan is simply this. He says, um, okay, I, basically, he, he's going to convince us that we are going to deprive ourselves of something if we follow the teachings of Jesus. If I fully commit to worshiping Jesus, I will miss out on something exciting, fun, pleasurable, excellent, whatever. That the world offers. He did it all the way back in the garden with Adam and Eve. You got the whole garden. Enjoy, but don't eat of that one fruit. And Satan's like, oh, I mean, you got all the fruit here. What's one little thing? It's just an apple. I mean, come on. It's just a joke. It's just one show. It's just one image. It's just, a, you know, an infinite scroll. It's just a thought. It's just a... And it all matters. It all comes down to how we worship. So number two in your notes, this is really important. Number two, we become more and more like the object of our worship. We become more and more like the object of our worship. So uh, this, this bottle of water here, uh, I, pour, I pour water in it and it t- the water takes on the shape of the, of the bottle, right? If I had a, a giant bowl and we pour water into it, the water takes on the shape of the bowl, right? So it is with worship. You become more and more what you pour your heart into. And if we're pouring our heart into Jesus, we will become more and more like Jesus. It it looks like this. Let let me explain. This is what worship is. This is the cycle. God acted. This is his, his cross. His death and resurrection on the cross. This is the grace of God. He acted. So I worship. That's my response. I worship what he did. But God is so good. As I'm worshiping what he did, God is acting. He's transforming me. To be the type of person that, okay, I thought the thought, but I'm not going to say it. He's transforming in me to be the type of person who won't think that thought anymore. So I worship what God is doing here and here. Do you see the cycle? Death and resurrection on the cross, salvation when I die, Jesus with me throughout all the days of my life. I worship what he's done. He's so good. He keeps transforming me. So I respond in worship. And God acted on the cross, but he also acted in changing me who I am. So I can't help but keep worshiping. Do you see how this goes? Do you see how this is bigger than just singing songs? And I have nothing against singing songs. Please don't leave here this Sunday going, Steve doesn't like worship music and he doesn't like singing. I love it. I've been in worship bands for the last 10 plus years. I love it. It is beautiful and it has marked my spiritual growth. But that is not the full picture. When Paul says to offer your bodies, he's not only saying sing a song. He's saying all that you have, your body, your life, as the instrument through which you carry out your worship. Do this because Jesus has acted and he is acting and we keep responding all through our worship. This is what it is. This is why it's so important that we understand that we become what we worship. This is so crucial. Oh, we got to go. Okay. And number three in your notes. This is good too. Number three in your notes. Worship is both personal and communal. What we've done this morning is communal. 
And I love this. This is so much. I get so much life from being with the church body. I get so much life from this because sometimes I go, like I said, I go up in the church service and I don't feel like singing. And I'm surrounded by people that are singing. And there's something inside of me that goes, their life, their life can't be perfect either. They've got to have a hurt. They have to have a struggle. And yet they're proclaiming the goodness of Jesus Christ. I'm encouraged by that. And it, it, it ignites the thing inside of me that wants to do that. But worship is also personal in what we think, in what we say, and in what we do. So I want to encourage us. This worship is, is, is bigger than only singing songs. It's how we live. It's the things we say. It's the thoughts that we think. And so here, here's how I want us to wrap this up. Normally, um, I'll pray. The band will come up and we'll respond in a worship song. And uh, to really drive this point home, we're, we're not going to do that this morning. Instead, I want us to practice the three things that we talked about. So we're going to dwell on a passage of scripture for two minutes. I'm going to ask afterwards that we stand up and I'm going to say a line from a, a verse in scripture and I want you to say it back. It'll be a call and response thing. And then I will pray and dismiss us to act on our worship, to continue to live our worship because worship is not done when the church service is done. This is, if you will, this is the warm up for the rest of the week of a lifestyle of worshiping Jesus. So let's do this. Um, turn, turn off your phones. Just try, try to get in the, the space. Look, someone's stomach is going to growl. It's almost lunchtime. It's going to be quiet. You're going to hear it. But just try, try and focus in. And if your stomach's growling, um, you'll get food in a little bit. But I want us, honestly, I want us to reflect and spend two minutes. We're going to dwell on Philippians 4, verse 8. We're going to think about things that are true, that are honorable, that are right, that are pure. So if you would, however, however you can kind of focus in, um, let's do that now and then I will lead us to the next part. Amen, amen, amen. Friends, church, we just worship Jesus with our minds. 
So if you're able, would you stand with me? And I'm going to say something. We're going to declare this. And I'm going to go first, and I'd like you to say it back to me. Really, to Jesus. (laughs) I don't need you to say it to me. I took a couple scriptures and kind of put them together. But we're going to declare this. We're going to believe this. And we're going to live this out this week. So, you guys ready? Here we go. All right. It's taken from Psalm 19, verse 14. It says this. uh, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. You are my rock. You are my redeemer. And I will worship you all the days of my life. This is where it gets good. We've, we've thought the good thoughts. We've proclaimed these things. Now we get to act them out. So I'm going to close in prayer, and you will be dismissed to go and act out your worship. So, Father, we just declare to you our intent. We want to follow you all.